This is the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast, episode number 204. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show, Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast here. I am your host, Bruce Irving. Welcome back to another episode of the show. This is the podcast where we help you figure out what's working today with marketing. Actually, everything that goes along with running a restaurant or pizzeria, we kind of bring on those guests, answer questions, have a little conversation about what's working today to help you kind of grow your business. Not kind of grow your business. The goal of the show is to help you grow your business. We want to help you succeed, find better help, run a better business, and have a better life all around. So that's what we do on the podcast here. We do that with the show, the uh, podcast you're listening to right now in your earballs. Over on our live show as well, over on Facebook and our YouTube channel. Also, everything that we do, we take notes for you over at smartpizzamarketing.com. I'm really excited for my guest today. His name is Nino from the Brooklyn Pizza Crew. If you've gone to the pizza show or the pizza expo or you have a pizzeria and you go on Facebook at all or YouTube, you've probably seen Nino's videos. Uh, He has a new podcast out. He's had a few good guests on that we've had on the show as well. Uh, But this is a guest that we've been trying to go back and forth for years now trying to get Nino on the show and trying to coach up our schedules so we could have a conversation about pizza, about media, about content creation, about what's happening in the pizza industry and what's coming in the future. We do all of that right here on this absolute podcast. Uh, great conversation with Nino. I think you're going to enjoy this one. If you're looking to figure out kind of how Nino gets in front of all those people, he gets a lot of media coverage and I think it's intentional on his part. I don't think it's intentional on his part. It's intentional on his part. He's working hard, he works a lot, and he's really focused on getting out there and being in the public eye because that's where the attention is and that's where you need to be as a business owner. So we get into all that on this podcast episode as well. But before we get into this podcast episode, I have to say thank you to our sponsor. The sponsor for this episode is Planet Fundraiser. If you're looking to organize all of your fundraising activities and become part of your local community, check out the Planet Fundraiser app. You can go to planetfundraiser.com. Also, click on the link that's on the bio of this podcast episode over at smartpizzamarketing.com. They help you organize all of that. We all get bombarded on a daily basis with uh, requests for donations, and we want you to donate food or money or gift cards or this or that or the other. And what Planet Fundraiser does is it organizes all that in one simple app. So if someone asks you for a donation, you say, great, this is how we do all of our donations. Go on here, take a picture of your receipt. We donate a percentage of everybody who participates through Planet Fundraiser to a local uh, cause or event. And it's all organized in one simple place for you. So it's no more phone calls, no more uh, taking requests through email or trying to figure all that out. It Planet Fundraiser does all of that for you. If you'd like some information on how it works, head over to planetfundraiser.com and check out the app that they have available to owners. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the show with Nino from Brooklyn Pizza Crew. Also, if you haven't yet, go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're going to be doing all of our videos, all of these podcast episodes on video as well, or as at least as many as we can get the people who are on the podcast to be on video with us. So if anybody's on this podcast, like Nino was on the video with us, we did this on video and on audio. So if you want to check out the video of this podcast episode, head over to our YouTube channel. You can find it over at smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash YouTube. Subscribe there. We'll be doing a lot of videos. We're going to be coming out with a vlog over here at SPM, kind of showing you behind the scenes of what happened here on a daily basis on the Smart Pizza Marketing, how we do our mastermind group, how we work with our clients, the calls, the pre-show interviews, all of that good stuff, we're gonna be showing you over on YouTube. So if you haven't yet, go subscribe to our YouTube channel. All right, thank you so much for your attention, and here's the interview with Nino from the Brooklyn Pizza Crew. 
All right, guys, welcome back to the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. I have on with me Nino Coniglio from uh, Williamsburg Pizza and Brooklyn Pizza Crew out of Brooklyn, New York. Uh, this is a long podcast coming. We've been talking about doing this for, I feel like, for like a couple years, but we just haven't been able to co- get on the same schedule. But I'm excited to have him join me on the podcast here and on the video if you're watching this on YouTube. So, Nino, thanks, man, for joining me. Welcome to the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, boss. Uh, so let me ask you a question. So how did you get, I always love hearing how people got started in the pizza business, you know, and I know some folks are like, I'm not in the pizza industry or I am in the pizza industry. So that's a general term, but how did you get into it? Like where, where did you get started doing, doing the pizza thing? Uh, so I met this guy uh, back in the day, Tommy Catalano and really looked up to the guy. He was kind of like a knock guy in the neighborhood. And a lot of the guys in the neighborhood, they, you know, worked in pizzas. So I used to hang around, you know, and get kicked out of the pizzeria all the time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like they'd be uh, trying to get a job. And I was like around like 12, 13 years old. And I would just come in and sweep the floors or whatever. And if Big Angelo wanted to give me a couple bucks at the end of the day, like he would if they had a busy day. But uh, eventually I just started um, – going to a local, like, a pizzeria across the street, buying dough and going to my mom's house and just uh, practicing over there. One day I knew how to do it. And then, uh, yeah, that's kind of how it started. So did you, like, did you, like, grow up loving pizza? Was it something that you always had growing up? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I grew up in an Italian neighborhood. So, you know, like, people's friends and family, their cousins, they all own pizzerias and stuff. And, you know, it's just part of the neighborhood, just like the cafe and the local butcher shop and everything else. And uh, I noticed that you you won the Caputo Cup, didn't you? When, when did you win the Caputo Cup for the first time? I won, I think it was 2016. Uh, yeah. So that wasn't too long ago. I thought I saw a picture of you. You were, like, nicely, nicely clean-shaven. You look like a baby. Yeah, sometimes, you know, I shave off the beard a little bit. You know, the beard's nice because, you know, my picture gets taken less. So, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Because of the beard? Yeah, yeah. You know, like incognito. Like, they don't know. Yeah. But don't you like getting your picture taken? Yeah. 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 So let me ask you, what are you up to now? Like, Give us a little brief update of what you've been up to now. I know you have a few restaurants and a few pizzerias in Brooklyn, and you're doing a new podcast. You have the Brooklyn Pizza Crew going. You're so busy doing a, a ton of different things. Like, How do you stay focused on one thing, and what's like what's going on with all of them? It's tough. It's tough. It's uh, I've always been like kind of all over the place, which is a good and a bad thing. Um, but I got a real good team around me, so – they do a real good job of keeping everything focused and, you know what I'm saying? Dealing with the different things that, um, I want to do. Uh, I'm not really good at answering emails as I'm sure you found out and stuff like that. So (laughs) (laughs) I got people, but, um, yeah, about, uh, what's it been two, two years ago, I won the, um, the international pizza challenge in Las Vegas. Uh, I won a little bucket full of money. So I started um, this kind of media thing, Brooklyn Pizza Crew. Um, And pretty much a goal of it is, you know, I've been involved in the expos and everything else for so long. And I don't see anybody doing, you know, a lot of videos based on that world. And people don't know about that world. And in 2018, with social media and YouTube and everything, I think they should. I think when we say like, uh, 
you know, yada, yada won the pizza competition. People on the street should know about that. Yeah. And I think that in the pizza community, I was just talking about this with somebody else. All of us who are involved in the pizza community and go to the expos and are in that world know who these people are. But then you talk to somebody down the street and they have no clue. They don't even really know about the pizza championship or the Caputo Cup or any of that stuff. Yeah, or that there's pizza teams and the Olympics of pizza and pizza yeah. acrobatics and all this other stuff. Um, yeah, they have no idea. And even within the community, a lot of guys don't have an idea. I mean, when you go to the pizza expo, like the East Coast really isn't represented yeah. um, in any of them. And I mean, I think it's like like the numbers are insane when you look at uh, the amount of pizzerias in New Jersey, New York. Pennsylvania and Connecticut, it's like 60%. And then you have Massachusetts and Rhode Island and like one of the other states next to us. And it's like, it's most of the independent pizzerias in the entire country, vast majority. Yeah. And do you think that's why they did the one in uh, the Pizza and Pasta Expo? They kind of rehashed that or re brought it back to life after it's been, it was gone for a little bit just because of the factor that there's so many people in the Northeast, they wanted to get them involved rather than going all the way to Vegas. Like Vegas is cool, but... If you're running a business, sometimes you can't go out all that far for three or four days. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think that was the idea, but I think we got to do a much better job of like uh, promoting that to these people and getting them out there because still a lot of them don't know. You know what I mean? The yeah. community is definitely getting bigger because of social media on the East Coast, but a lot of these guys uh, live, sleep, and breathe their pizzeria and they're not. You know what I mean? They're not getting that information. Is that good or bad? Because I feel like that's good and bad. Like you live, eat, and sleep your pizza. It's good, but it's a little bit bad because you're not really getting out there and seeing what's going on. Like before I did this podcast, like I got the pizza magazines and I was that guy who was living, eating, sleeping in my pizzeria. Like I didn't really get too much outside of it. And I had no clue about what was going on, like you're mentioning, until I actually started this podcast and started to talk to guys like yourself and Tony and... Um, Anthony and all those other guys about who were starting this pizza revolution kind of thing and like really bringing it to the mainstream. Like when I started and operated in the nineties, what did you start? Like when was your first pizzeria? When did it first open? My, the first one that I owned or like you started working in it. Uh, I'm 33. So 21 years ago. Yeah, me too. So like back then, if you said, I mean, not maybe not in Brooklyn, but when I where I lived, if you said you worked in a pizzeria as a pizza maker, you look like people thought you were kind of like a loser. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you, you, I mean, you work in a pizza shop, like you know, like it was not a glamorous job that it is now. Right, right, right. I mean, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's ever been too glamorous. I think it depends. Like, yeah, we all. I mean, in Brooklyn, we all had side hustles, so it's like that's what that's what got you your car or whatever you're doing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. Is it glamorous? You're, you're doing, I love it. I'll always do it. I'm like, I love sleep and breathe pizza. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of like being a janitor after a while. It's like, <laughs> I don't know if it's, I don't know if glamorous is the right word, but more, more uh, accepted by like the mainstream stream cooking world. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, I think cooking in general, I mean, if you go back 22 years, what did they think about a chef so much? Like, it's like, True. oh, you're in a restaurant and now it's like, oh, you're like a cool dude and this and that. I think with, um, 
you know, automation and where we're going and everything like that, it's it's looked at more of an art than it previously was. So you're you're kind of like you take on this role almost like, you know, musicians or uh, painters or graffiti artists or yeah, you know, yeah. whatever, if you take it to that level. Though. And also, I think, like you mentioned earlier with social media, too, like you're you're aware of the different types of pizza styles or the great people who are doing really good pizza things in the world because of Instagram or Facebook video. Whereas before it was just, you would only see them if they got reviewed in the New York times or in the pizza magazine. Like that would be the, your only source of being able to see them or if they had TV, but I don't even know if the food network was that popular back 20 years ago. I mean, they just, I don't even think they were doing a lot with it. Um, I think one of the biggest, uh, you know, I've been on TV a ton of times and this and that, and, you know, when people see me getting these New York Times articles for the past 10 years and all over television and shit like that, they think it's like, oh, wow, this guy's killing the game. Be honest with you, it doesn't do much for your business. You don't see, like, a huge spike in business or anything like that um, just because it's like, yo, you're on a morning show. It's nationally syndicated, but it's airing once, right. you know, and it's for five minutes during a two-hour, three-hour show how many people are catching that? It's not like they can write down the name where if you do like something compelling um, on Instagram, on Facebook, and you continue to do compelling things, you build a fan base and you know what I'm saying? You yeah. can reach out a lot better. That one spot on the networks is like one post on Instagram. Like it's gone tomorrow. Exactly. Uh, I think as, as far as all that stuff goes, um, there's this incredible group of kids in uh italy and campania like all over the place in aversa in um uh caserta avellino salerno um that are doing that canoto style pizza where these guys have you know hundreds of thousands to millions of followers every single one of them wow and they're just killing the game out there What's the number one question people ask you? What are they like? Not necessarily like customers, but like pizza people who, when they see you on TV or they see you get written up in the paper, like, what do they, what do they usually ask you? How do they, how'd you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Usually. Um, and I've always been like an open book about it. I mean, mostly it's, um, it's, you know, going out. I mean, it's easier in New York, I guess, back then, um, because you're meeting people all the time. Like somebody will walk in, that's like from a media company, but it's really like, you know, the PR teams. So um, I don't know. I mean, I guess it works like this everywhere, but New York is the media capital of the world. So there's this um, really special relationship, really weird, crazy underground relationship that PR companies and media people have together. It's, it's like a symbiotic relationship. So um you know, your average producer or whatever of like, you know, let's say like some like food show TV thing on NBC or whatever it is, um, or writer in a huge blog or in the New York Times or whatever it is, generally make between like 60 and dollars a year, which is nothing in New York. That's like, yo, you're living in a closet in the Upper East Side. <laughs> um, so what happens is, is restaurants will hire PR companies to get them onto the eyes of these media people. And in return for that, 
the media people, there's all events that go on all over New York, openings and this special thing and blah, 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 blah. So the PR people send out the invites for all those events to the media people. And now the media people, whenever they want, get to pick between three different amazing events where it's incredible food, everything's free. Um, It's seven days a week. And you pretty much get to live like, you know, you're making five hundred thousand dollars a year when you're only making like sixty to a hundred. Right. So when you hire that company, they're all friends. They all live off each other. They're gonna, you know, hook you up. On top of that, I mean, you have to have something special that the media wants to actually cover. Right. Uh, it's not as easy as that, but yeah, that's one of the little secrets that I guess not a lot of mom and pop guys know too much about well it's hard because i'm in i'm in boston right and i was just in new york the other day and i've been to los angeles a bunch of times so between those two places there's a different feel for how those cities operate there's there's a sense of things happening all the time in those two cities no matter whether you're in los angeles or new york a little bit las vegas too if unless um that doesn't you don't really get that feeling when you're anywhere else like it doesn't really feel like you're moving and shaking all the time like you do when you're in those two cities Right. Especially those two, because you're because you're right. There are so many things happening media wise in those two places constantly. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And uh, I mean, I think it's like you know, once you get outside of there, like I mean, I want to open outside. I'll always be a Brooklyn kid. I'll never really, really leave here. But I want to do things outside of here because there's huge opportunities, whether you're talking about Philadelphia or Boston or Vegas or wherever, where, um, you know, you open up a huge spot that's fun and that's amazing. And people are going to fucking flip the fuck out. And even L.A. Yeah, yeah. L.A. have like a ton going on. Like, but you got to I think in today's market, um, you got to go big or go home. You know what I'm saying? The slice little tiny New York style slice pizzeria place just doesn't have the economics behind it to uh um to really like grow and to really do something special. Yeah, come to uh, Boston, man. We need some we need some we need some things happening here pizza wise in Boston. I'm gonna save Boston for pretty much last because you uh you Bostonites, you guys are a little rough. You guys are a little rough around the edges. We're a little rough too. <laughs> We're rough around the edges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys got to like a real way of bringing people down to earth. I want to get like way up there and then come over there. All right. You know, let me know when you're coming. I, I, uh, I actually, I went to, my brother went to Berkeley in Boston. Oh, did he really? Uh, yeah. And we did a couple trips. I got a couple fun stuff. I've been to Boston three times. Um, uh, next time so. you're in Boston, we'll have to go. I'll take you around a couple pizza shops. That'd be great. That'd be great. How is the pizza out there? I heard it's like Greek or something. All the Greek guys own it. I mean, there are a lot of there are a lot of Greek pizzerias. There's a couple of different styles of pizza. So in Boston, I think there, if you go to like the North End on Hanover Street, there's a few good spots. Um, obviously, the original Regina's in the North End. Regina's is good, but the original one in the North End is the best out of all of them. Okay. And then there's a few in the North End area that are, have pretty good pizza. Um, but outside of that, there's a there was like a a lot of people in the Boston area tried to replicate. I think what Domino's did in the 80s and 90s. Right, right, right. A lot of people try to do that. Yeah. yeah. So, so rather than going with like nowadays, the the younger generation wants to know like what ingredients are in there. They want to see it. They want to see like the art, art, the artistic value of the pizza. Whereas here, it was just like let's get it out as fast as we can. 
go by volume, deliver it to people's houses because we're outside in the suburbs and try to sell as many pizzas as we can and not necessarily focus so much on the quality. Right. And now and they're that, suffering, though. That was really developed, uh, I, I think, like during the 80s and 90s, correct? Yeah, totally. Like the 30-minute or less yeah. delivery thing when Domino's came out with that in like the 80, late, late 80s, early 90s. Everybody here saw that as an opportunity to just make money. Like they got into the pizzerias to make just to make money. It wasn't like they were chefs or cooks or wanted to really make a great pizza. They just wanted to they saw it as an opportunity to open a business and make money. And a lot of these people, um, you know, a lot of the uh, my wife's Greek. So she has a, a half her half her family are in pizza. They own operate pizzerias, the exact pizzerias. I'm in talking Boston. About. Yeah, in the Boston area. Yeah. Like we probably, I probably have seven family members of my wife's family who own pizzerias, or exactly the pizzerias I just talked about. But what they they like serve pizza, but they also serve gyros and this and that. Like, yeah, it's right? like it's like that's a it's like a whatever we can put together. The thing about it is now, and that's that's what they're having such a hard time with is because with the employment rate, like the hourly rate nowadays and minimum wage, their menu is so big because they try to do so many different things that it's hard for them to have the staff to do it all well so if you have 150 right. menu items it's hard to organize all that and have fresh ingredients and yeah i mean consistently just, yeah. produce it well yeah i don't i don't really understand that i actually have a lot of greek friends out from new york and i spent some time in pittsburgh and was really welcomed into the greek community but um i mean what i've seen is like with these younger guys in new york is that took over because in New York, the Greeks own all the diners in New Jersey and New York. Yeah. Every diner is owned by it's the same thing. It's like 150 menu items. But I see a lot of the sons now that are from my generation. They're going off and they're opening like a straight up Greek place with, you know, 15, 20 menu items in a yeah. really nice restaurant and just doing it really good and killing the game. People fucking love it. Yeah, I think you should. I think it's like really like. I think you should really be who you are. I think that when in the 80s and 90s, I think Greek people came over here and they were first generation teaching their kids and they kind of wanted to listen. I'm going to get in so much trouble for saying this because my wife Greek <laughs> and they love they love the Greekness of life. But I think they tried to fit into society and not show their heritage as much in their restaurant. And I think that we're moving into now like you're right, like authentic is the key right now. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think it was that much different in the Italian community, too, because, you know, any any pizzeria, any pizzeria that is owned and operated by an Italian in Brooklyn, um, in New Jersey. Yo, you got chicken wings, you got French fries, yeah. you got Caesar salad wraps, you got, you know what I'm saying? All this crap that, like, these guys would never eat at their house. And it's just like, you know, what are you doing? Like, right. right. Make what you would make at your house. And it's like, oh, but they're Americans, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, no, man, that's not how it works. Yeah, you know, I 100% agree with that. But I think that's what they need to, like a lot of people who email me have a hard time marketing their restaurant because they're, they're, I don't think they know exactly who they are or who they're serving. You know, I think that's that's the most important thing. Figure out who you are and, um, you know, and going back to the whole uncertainty. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying about the economics behind it, where it's like, yeah, you know, if you're not doing, if you're not doing minimum of $40,000 a week in today's economy, you're not making it. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, like everybody started jumping on this, like 
uh, fast casual thing because there was a lot of winners in that game. But now the numbers are coming out on like all these other guys because they got VC money and they weren't releasing the numbers. A lot of dudes that like expanded quick. And the numbers aren't there. The numbers are bad. And I think one of the most challenging things is how do you hire? And it's the same thing in our little slice joints. How do you how do you pay somebody as a career? You know what I'm saying? To do yeah. this. How do you incentivize when you're only bringing in like 15 to 20, even 25,000 a week? You know what I'm saying? Like you can't afford a 70 to $120,000 a year guy that could like grow into the thing. Yeah. Where you have like bigger spots with liquor um, that are cool, that are, you know, even opening for breakfast, doing different things. And now you're in that 60 to like $250,000 gross range. Now all of a sudden you can afford. You know what I'm saying? To build on that. Yeah. You know? I mean, even people who have like do 20, like in our area, if you do, you know, 20 to 30 a week in, cause we're not in New York city. So the expenses aren't as high. Um, right. You're doing okay. Like if you do over 20 to yeah. 30 a week, you're doing pretty good. Especially if you're doing alcohol or any liquor sales, because the profit margin on liquor is way better than the profit margin on pizza. Like up, we still have that stigma up here. And for most of the country that pizza should be like 10 to 12 bucks. And it, I feel like it's been like that since like the 90s. And it's like, you know what? Minimum wage went from in the 1990. I think minimum wage was like 475 an hour. And now it's yeah. 15. And the price of pizza hasn't gone up that much. I'm getting really worried about like how not like I'm good, but like how everybody else is going to like, how is this kid going to own a house? You know what I'm saying? That's my age or that's five years younger than me. I think that they have to kind of do what you're doing with your media, right? They have to like produce content, even if they're not comfortable doing it, to get that message out there to people that you are different and that you do do what you are. You do take your product seriously, and you do and you are authentic, and you show that on video or with photos, uh, because I Absolutely. think that's the only way to separate yourself. And then it's just gonna it's just gonna squeeze people out, like people who used to be able to get by on. 15 a week and like that was their full-time job and they worked 80 hours a week and they were okay. They just, I don't think they're going to be able to survive unless they change. I don't think so either. I mean, like the guys that were doing that when I was coming up with this business, even in the early two thousands, it was, uh, it was like, you know, you'd see these guys who just had one pizzeria, like in Brooklyn or New Jersey, they live in a mansion because yeah. You know what I'm saying like the house is, uh, to buy a mansion, it only costs one hundred fifty, two hundred thousand dollars, and yeah. now it's like you know, it's just a different world up in it. You you have to, um, I think too, like you have to start developing other streams of income as well. Um, whether it's through like merchandise, whether it's through selling your sauce online, yeah, or in your store, um, or creating a YouTube channel that you know gets a ton of hits, like. I mean, we have the internet now. It's the most democratic, important thing out there. And anybody that's not using that is, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you're you're just falling behind every second that you're not doing it. Because Absolutely. there are there is somebody out there who is doing it, and they're just going to be further and further ahead than you are. Um, yep. And your phone nowadays, and, the, and not only is the internet awesome, but your phone is awesome too. And everything that you want to do, can create, you can create on the thing that you carry on with you all the time. You can also learn anything you want. You don't have to go to school anymore. You go to YouTube. Yeah. You go to uh, Audacity. You can learn how to 
do pretty much anything. Um, and it's just, it's so important. People aren't taking advantage of it. And I'm like, I'm just waiting for, um, you know, you know, we're entering a world where a lot of the jobs that we have today, uh, whether it's like truck drivers or whatever, that's all going the way of automation. Yeah. And you can't, you can't stop it. There's no fucking stopping it. It doesn't matter how much you bitch and cry about it. It's, it's fucking happening. Right. Like, cause, uh, it, it just is what it is. You're never going to stop progress. You're never going to be able to tell a corporation, um, or a big company that, you know what I'm saying? They could save 75%. No, you're right. Bottom line. You know what I'm saying? By buying automatic things. Um, I think food's going to go that way too, but I think there's always going to be, um, you know, the people that are hand making stuff, there's always going to be a giant market for those people. I think that in the food world where it's going to hurt it, the, the, the people who are in the restaurant industry is if you don't have a skill, like if you're just an, not that you don't have a skill, but if you're just taking orders, like order is going to be go away. Like people are going to get kiosked. People are going to do online ordering. Yeah. Any job that doesn't take a, a skill is going to get eliminated by technology. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I mean, like there'll, there'll be a place where it's like, it'll almost become like a, like a luxury and like a, um, um, something old, something like that's like real special. Nostalgic, yeah. Nostalgia to even have like a waitress. Yeah. Like a place like <laughs> whatever. And it's like, Oh, we're going to that nostalgic place. Yeah. That's going to be in like 30 years. It's 40 times more than any other restaurant because they have a waitress. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. It's going to be like going one of those. Um, I just saw a place we, we were just out of Vegas and I saw a place that they do like this. Uh, it's like Tony and Tina's wedding and they do this dinner show at this Italian oh, yeah, restaurant. Yeah. Where, like, yeah, they're all hanging out. It's going to be something like that where you're like paying for a ticket plus you're paying for your food or yeah, whatever. Yeah. It is. That's going to be funny. I mean, I, I, hopefully I'll be around to see that because I'll be pretty old by then. It's happening. It's happening quick, man. Yeah. It's happening quick. Everything's look at where we were six years ago. True. There was a Facebook. No, look you're right. We were 10 years ago. Like there was no real functional internet as it is today. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I know you nerds out there are like the internet's been around since 1978, but not for us normal people. No, no. When I, I mean, when I was a kid, if you go back 20 years, we had 56 K like dial up like you you couldn't do anything <laughs> with it. like what could you do with it Nothing. like we didn't know you like but, uh, you chatted with people like you do text now and you thought that was amazing yeah 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 you had the chat rooms the yeah. chat rooms and then by the time i guess when i was like 15 or 16 we got um what was it limewire and napster yeah so what you do is you would like download you would pick all these songs to download for free but it would take all day. And then like half it, of them sucked. They didn't come out good. Huh? And then yeah. half of them like didn't even come yeah, out good. Yeah, then you gotta like read that. <laughs> yeah, you had to like find a new version of it. Exactly. That's hilarious. So what's go so what do you like let me ask you a question? So what do you what are you doing now with your Brooklyn Pizza Crew? You got a new podcast coming out. Talk to that talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so we started the podcast. Um I like agents entertaining people, yada yada yada, have been telling me to do this podcast for years and years. And I was just like, yeah, but you want me to do a pizza podcast? Like, I'm going to talk about dough, sauce, and cheese. Like, that's going to get redundant real quick, and people aren't going to like that. So about six weeks ago, this light bulb went off in my head, and I'm like, 
wait a minute. It's not about the actual pizza. It's about the people behind the pizza. Because even, you know, dudes that I came up with that, like, they're not making, like, world champion, like, quality fucking pizza or whatever. But they have some of the most uh, insane origin stories. And they're some of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life. And I was like, yo, get all these guys on to tell their story spread a little knowledge, bring them into the community. Yeah. Because a lot of these guys just don't know. If you talk to them about like hydration and fermentation methods, and yada, 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 where we're at with the science of all this, um, they don't know. And I want them to know. I don't see it as competition. There's 350 million people in this country. And even with the knowledge, it takes so much more than that to actually execute yeah. on a daily basis and do the right thing. So it's like, I welcome it. It's like anybody that asks me, like they, they call me up. They're like, yo, what's the secret to this? What's the secret to that? And I'll, I'll tell them, I'll tell them straight up. There's no, none of this like, Oh, that, that was, uh, you know, uncle Tony's secret recipe from yada, yada years ago. And most of it's bullshit anyway. <laughs> most of it's like, it's like, you know, I've seen guys that are like running. I've seen guys, I'm not going to name who, but I've seen dudes that run, that used to run around even the expos doing uh, consulting and stuff like that and telling guys like, oh, the secret to like the best New York style pies, you got to put a, you got to put a cup uh, and a half of Coca-Cola in the dough. And that's how you get it. Really? Yeah. No, no, I've seen some stuff, bro. <laughs> I've, been, I've been going to Pizza Expos for what? Almost 18 years, I guess. Have you really? Uh, yeah. Well, we used to have the stuff in New York when I was a kid. Wow. So, I just started like recently. I was always in the business. I was always that guy who just worked. I never really got a chance to go to the Pizza Expo. Vegas seems so far away to me. Um, well, I used to go to. I got on the U.S. Pizza Team um, when the uh, PMQ and the U.S. Pizza Team used to have a show in Orlando, yeah. New York, and um, Ohio. And they, um, you know, I went to a thing. I did the acrobatic thing. Yeah, and won a competition in New York and all of a sudden I was in Paris, Italy. I was traveling the world. I was doing all this stuff. Like that's what kind of, you know, started out the whole getting on TV and everything like that. Like the next week, come on, good morning America. And then the today show and then blogs start talking about you and blah, 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 blah. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. But I think that what we're saying is that, you know, you have to, be passionate about what you do and you have to do a, a really good quality product. I think that all that comes back to like, and be, and be careful. The one thing that I've learned about doing this podcast and I've done a, a ton of episodes of this, of this podcast and I've talked to a lot of people and I'm not going to name names either, but you'll learn a lot about the industry and who you should actually listen to and who you shouldn't listen to. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. Because there are guys like tell you that they've done so many different things and then you listen to them and then you realize that maybe they didn't, they didn't really do anything. And I just, yeah. you, I just listened to what they said and maybe we shouldn't listen to those people. You got to really be careful who you listen to. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, I don't think, I don't think, I think, you know, obviously spreading ideas or whatever is whatever, but I don't think there's any excuse when you have a supercomputer sitting in your pocket and every Every single person in this country, for the most part, does. Yeah. Uh, I've never met a restaurant owner that doesn't have an iPhone or a smartphone sitting in their pocket. Um, bro, all you got to do, put in the time. Spend 
half an hour, 20 minutes, an hour, two yeah. hours a day, watching what's going on, uh, read a book, order a Kindle, do something, never stop learning because, I mean, you can never learn everything in your life and never stop trying to do new things. And you're going to really figure it out and you're gonna, your passion's going to bleed through. And there's only a couple of things that can make a successful business. A good product, good service, and then good marketing. And the marketing actually comes last. Because if you don't have good product and good service first, the marketing is just going to expose whatever it is that you're doing wrong. 100%. And also also atmosphere, man. Atmosphere yeah. is a huge thing. Like, make it feel, people feel comfortable and where they're at. Like, I've seen a couple dudes. Um, there's a place uh, called Porta that opened up in New Jersey. Um, they got one in Jersey City, one in Asbury Park. Massive spots. Massive. And when they opened in Asbury, everybody was like, because it's it's in the it's near the beach. They were like, "Oh, it's seasonal. You guys are out of your mind. In the winter, you're gonna be dead." My buddy Giuseppe brought me there. Uh, it was like February. It was cold, bro. The place was popping really? on a Wednesday at eleven thirty at night. Yeah, after like after like ten o'clock, they turned the whole place into a club. Wow! It's like yo, money being printed in there. <laughs> Where's your favorite pizza? Like, if you had to pick, like, you know, three of the best pizzas you've ever eaten, where would they be? Uh, in New York? Anywhere. Anywhere? I don't know. Uh, I, I got to try Carlos San Marco and um, Alfonso Saviello, who are two of those um, Canoto dudes out from Italy. Like, those were two of the best pies I definitely ever had in my life. Um, Prince Street Pizza Square. Yeah. I haven't had it in a while. But uh, they were always one of my favorites for the square slice. Uh, if you go to Villa Bate, it's not exactly pizza, but it's like the grandfather of what Sicilian pizza and Detroit pizza came. They make an amazing sficcioni. Where's that? Uh, huh? Where is that one? Uh, it's on 18th Avenue in 71st Street at Bensonhuis. Okay. Uh, old Italian neighborhood. Um, and then, uh, I don't know, Pizza Suprema, Dominic DeMarco, uh, Anthony Monagieri, Una Pizza Napoli Don. Uh, you know, I love Mark. Mark's my man. I love uh, going to localities to get on a pie. Um, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot of like under the radar spots. Like, uh, yeah, like Pizza Suprema, which is right next to Madison Square Garden. That place is like incredible. Um, you know, and there's I don't know I don't really get out as much as I should. I'm mostly on the internet trying my own thing. <laughs> Are you really? Uh, you really like? You're an internet guy. I feel like you. You're always. I always see you out and about. I'm out and about, but like, I'm always. I'm always. I got something to do. Like, I don't get it to as many like the food things as like I should. Yeah. Like, it's actually like a nice treat for me when I get to like stop by a place and you know one of my buddies is actually there. Um, but like, none of us. It's it's rare that we have time just to like sit in a kitchen and fuck around with everything else. Right. You know. You, family you got your restaurant you're there all the time it's hard to like just sit in a room um and that's the other thing that we've done over here at my crib at my house is uh we got a capone tiziato oven uh we just got uh we got an il fornino um wood burning oven out front and then i just got a uh i just got a mobile oven too so uh we've been and i got a spiral mixer at the house so it's like <laughs> I mean, you have your own pizza shop at the house. 
Exactly. Pretty much. And I've been, uh, you know, bringing over artisanal bread bakers and chefs and other people to like fuck around. And that's been, you know, like the closest I've come to like doing, you know what I'm saying? That yeah. type of thing, collaboration in New York. And we're just going to continue to do that. Uh, this Halloween, we got a bunch of guys coming over um, and we're going to make, I'm pulling all three ovens out into the front yard. And we're right in the heart of Bushwick. So instead of giving out candy to all the kids, uh, we're going to make 200 pizzas. And That's awesome. Pizzas instead. I mean, I wish I was the kid in that neighborhood. It's going to be nice for the kids in the neighborhood. The kids, uh, they, I mean, I'm always out there. I'm out there once a week, like making like 15, 20 pies with some people. So That's cool. I'll run around the neighborhood and they all see the fire. You know, <laughs> they know Nino's cooking. Start, start running over. Yeah. You know, oh, you got pizza? You got pizza? That's awesome. Uh, Nino, well, I appreciate you coming on. So brooklynpizzacrew.com is your website? Yeah, yeah. And check out the um, the YouTube. Uh has all the podcasts. We're also available on the podcast things. But, yeah, pretty much our goal with Brooklyn Pizza Crew is to, you know, make amazing videos about this world and kind of expose it. Nice. Well, we'll link all that up in the show notes for this episode. So if you go over to smartpizzamarketing.com, you can just click on, like, type in Nino in the search bar and, We'll have all the links to his YouTube channel, all the podcasts, and all the content that Nino's creating. Because you really do create some really cool videos. I have to say that. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you, you and I like watching those videos because it's cool to see all the stuff that's going on in the in the fascinating pizza world. Yeah, brother. Um, so thank you so much. Anything else we can say? Anything else you want to say to the folks before we wrap it up? I think that's it. Just tune into the stuff and uh, keep watching Smart Pizza Marketing. Keep on getting better. Yeah. Get better every single day. Yeah. All right. Stop sleeping. <laughs> get your you, you get your degree from the University of Google. University of Google all day. And don't forget what my grandfather used to say. Sleep when you're fucking dead. <laughs> all right, all guys. Right? On that note, we'll see you next time. All right. Well, there you have it. Thanks so much to Nino for coming on the show and joining us and sharing some great information and having a great talk. Uh, go check out Bro- BrooklynPizzaCrew.com. That's where Nino has all his videos. He does some really good videography, I have to say. Uh, His interviews are great. His videos are great. And he's really passionate about being part of the pizza community. So go check out brooklynpizzacrew.com. And again, we've linked all that up for you in the show notes over at smartpizzamarketing.com. So Nino, thanks, bro. Appreciate you coming on the show and hanging out with me for a little bit. Uh, And uh, I appreciate you guys for listening. So I hope you enjoyed that episode of the show. Like I mentioned before we started this interview, go head over to our YouTube channel. We'll be doing some cool stuff over there. And as usual, we have two things for you. Our mastermind group, if you're a hands-on type of person, and you want some coaching and some information on what's working now and some up-to-date information on a constant basis, our mastermind group is for you. It's really not expensive. You can join. We have a whole website dedicated to all our tutorial videos and all of our previous mastermind calls, private access to me through the Facebook group. And it's just a really good group of individuals and business owners who are growing their businesses and really uh, hustling and figuring out what's working today and then going and implementing and then coming back and telling us the results is what what they figured out and what they were working on. So if you're interested in that, smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind. And you can also check out our agency over at smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash zip. That's our digital agency where we do it for you. So if you have a busy location or maybe you don't have a little bit of time or you have two or multiple locations and you're listening to this podcast and you know you need to do the things that we talk about, you just don't have the time to implement, uh, we can help you do that and do it all for you over at smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash zip. We do only work with one pizzeria per zip code, so it is zip code exclusive. And the, some of the bigger cities are kind of filling up pretty quick. So if you're in a bigger city and you are looking to grow and you want to dominate your area, check us out, smartpizzamarketing.com 
forward slash zip. All right, that is all the housekeeping for me. I just want to say hello and thank you so much for your attention and appreciate you listening to the podcast episode we do every week. Uh, I love getting all the emails from you guys, the direct messages on Instagram, and just the feedback in general that you give me from producing this podcast is why we do the show. It's really great to hear you guys listen to the podcast. It's really great when you guys email me and say, hey, I listened to the episode with Nino and I thought that this part of the show was fantastic. Uh, so keep those coming. Emails, you can go to Bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com. You can direct message me on Instagram. On Instagram, I am at smartpizzamarketing. That's where I kind of spend most of my time on social, uh, either on our Instagram account or obviously in the email. We get a lot of emails, so I'm in there all the time. So those are the two platforms. If you have a question or a suggestion for a future episode of the show, uh, those are the two places that I suggest you go head over and send us a message. And on that note, we'll see you on the next episode. Have a great week, everybody. See ya.